Hello, listeners. In this uh, episode, we talk a little bit about the allegations that were made against Justin Sane, the singer of Anti-Flag, um, and some of what the woman who uh, made those allegations said happened to her. Um, it happens pretty late in the episode after the lyrics portion, so if that kind of thing is tough for you to stomach, I completely understand. You may just want to skip the end. Otherwise, enjoy. Seth, Seth, Seth. Well, well, well. Oh, I want you to sit down. I want to talk to you about a song. What the hell is going on here, Seth? Talking about Mint Mobile? Yeah. Hashtag not an ad. Are you ready? In one second. Fuck. Hold on. Happy birthday, Jen. Aww. Trying to get your husband out of here as quick as I can. Aww. That's so sweet. Uh, she definitely deserves it, though. All the hard work she puts in. I love you, sweet woman. <laughs> Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with a freshly landed, a relatively freshly landed Seth, um, fresh from uh, fresh from New York, New Jersey. How was it? Mama's little baby loves straightening. Um, <laughs> Got to straighten this shit out just for a second. Uh, Mark, tell me that was one of the best weekends I've had in a long, long, long time. Glad to hear it. That was really, really fun. I mean, aside from, you know, getting to just hang out in New York City, which I haven't done in years and years, I got to watch the glow of my daughter as she watched, got to see certain things, you know, uh, just landmarks that we all see see and hear as being Americans in our culture, mm-hmm. knowing about, kicked off with a visit to the studios in Jersey City of WFMU. W. Woofmoo as it's called. Mm. And uh, that was just about, I mean, what a way to kick off a weekend. Uh, We got to walk in the door, and one of the first things you see when you walk in the door at WFMU uh, is (laughs) a black velvet painting of Gigi Allen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) on the wall. Wow, how welcoming. kind of what you walk into. Um, And then a series of other, they have a collection of black velvet paintings. One of them, Phil Spector. That's one of the first ones that you see. Another of Monica Lewinsky. One. Definitely some some (laughs) scandalous people that they have these. And it gets worse. Kim Jong-il with (laughs) Slee Stacks from Land of the Lost. It's one of the craziest, and and it just gets better from there. They took us in. We got to play. I mean, but uh, they took us and they showed us. It, we were given a little mini tour of the of the DJ Roger. Shout out to Roger from Double Dip Recess on WFMU. He is such a cool guy. He let us stay with us the first night. Him and his wife were very gracious to us. But one of the coolest things. I'll just mention two of them. Okay. The there is a a nook where you get coffee there, mm-hmm. and it's a little green room, and the coffee uh, table sits right there in the corner of the nook. And the coffee maker sits in the corner of the table. So it's like all the way as far up. And as nook as you can get. As nooky as you can possibly get without uh you Fred did it all for the nook. <laughs> without there being a red ball cap in the room. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you walk up and as you walk up to that little coffee maker, you look on the wall and there's a picture right there of Joe Strummer getting coffee from that spot. So you're looking at, you know, you're standing where Joe Strummer stood getting coffee. You're getting coffee. I wanted, you know, I wanted to get coffee, but we didn't have time for it. Um, They have the break glass in case Bob Dylan dies recording, which is, I can't, it's it's kind of an explanation, but if Bob Dylan ever dies, they're going to break the glass and get the recording out and play it. It's some sort of secret Bob Bob Dylan recording. And I I got to see that. That was crazy. And just, and I'll wrap this up with, because I know you're going to love this. Um, we got to record in a studio. I mentioned last week that uh, Kim Shattuck had recorded there, and I was trying to get Jennifer, my wife, to uh, record mm-hmm. a song that Kim Shattuck recorded there, there, which Jen played years ago. 
And when we first met, Jen played this song all the time. Uh, it's called Just a Game. And uh, Jen wouldn't do it. Um, she definitely kept my my fanboy overdrive in check, I'm glad to say. Okay. Um, and was just like, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing we're, we're here to do a job. And, and, and she kept us focused, and that was good. But, uh, you know, you can't get away from the glow that you feel knowing that uh, the Soft Boys recorded in the same room that you're standing in. Uh, Silver Jews. I was going to end it by saying Dave Berman recorded in that same room. You can listen to that on YouTube. You don't yeah, see yeah. it, but you can listen. And that's the room that he flipping recorded in. And so many other people. Apparently Merle Haggard before he died. Um, yeah. Um, I think John Cale. I mean... So many people have recorded the Velvet him. Underground of the Velvet Underground. I think Lou Reed. He might have been at the other studio, but I mean, there's just just so many people that recorded in that room, and I'm just trying to keep it together as I got in there. Once we we started, playing. friend of the podcast Jesse Latchett mm-hmm. um, got in got uh, pretty into John Cale lately. Really, um, she heard a song of his and uh, was like, "Yo, this fucking guy rules." Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's like, have you ever heard of him? And I was like, I'm pretty, yeah, that's the guy from, uh, that's the guy from Velvet Underground, right? She sent me Barracuda by John Cale. Okay, I don't know that song. I do know a lot about him. I know that he was born in Wales. and that's good. He, he did not, um, I do know other songs by him, and I know he's great, but uh, he he um, was born in Wales, did not grow up speaking English. He spoke Welsh the first few years of his life, huh. um, was, became an experimental artist, moved to New York. Uh-huh. Um, to be an expert, oh, did some work with a really great artist called Lamont Young. Look him up, um, and then of course met uh, um, Lou Reed. Lou Reed, and uh, did what they did, and and made some of the greatest records ever. But I'm, um, you know, we're going off a right. little bit here. Um, I I do want to tell one other very quick story, please. Um, and I think you're going to get a kick out of this, and I want to share it with everybody. We wound up staying our last three nights. Because it was the only room I could get with a double bed, um, with double beds, and it was exceedingly cheap for such an expensive room, so I got it, I booked it, and it was a little bit out of the way, not that much is out of the way in Manhattan, but we stayed at the at the Millennium Hilton UN1, which if you walk out the front door, you're standing, staring right across the street at the UN, I mean, it's, it's right there, mm-hmm. and even though it wasn't in session, there was not, I don't think, one other American in that hotel at the time whenever we got on the elevator we always met people from different countries and we met people from um, uh, Chile from Nigeria from uh, some people from Afghanistan uh, a guy from uh, Uzbekistan we met people from everywhere and one night I was running downstairs to get um, from the cafe some stuff for Jen and Amelia and I got back on the elevator, and there was a gentleman that was, I, I'm not, this isn't me exaggerating, no less than six foot nine. Jesus. And was holding a small cell phone that in his giant hands looked about the size of a Tic Tac. Mm-hmm. And he looks over, and he, and he says to me, are you Frank? And I went, am I Frank? And he goes, yes, are you Frank? I went, Frank? He says, yes. I said, no, I'm Seth. And he goes, oh, okay. And then I kind of kicked in that he's thinking, maybe are you Frankish of Frank, you know, French. Oh, okay. French. I'm, I'm like, okay. I said, maybe you're thinking I'm, I'm French. And he goes, yes. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from here. And he goes, from where? And I said, from Florida. He goes, Florida? And I said, <laughs> yes, Florida. He goes, where Florida? And I said, it's in the United States. It's in the South. And he goes, oh, you American. And I went, Yes, I'm American. He goes, nice to meet you. And I went, uh, nice to meet you. He's looking down at me the whole time. Of course. From way up there. Gigantic. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I wasn't going to be rude, so I said, where are you from? And he goes, I am from Chad. And I said, mm. Chad. And he goes, you Africa. know. Africa. Yeah. He goes, you know. I said, I do know. It's in between Sudan and Niger. It's in Central Africa. Um, it's a landlocked country. Uh, part of it is sub-Saharan. Part of it is in the Sahara. And he goes, Oh, you do know. You work for UN? <laughs> and I went... Seth working for the UN. I went, uh, no, I work on vehicles. <laughs> and he goes, vehicle. I said, I work on cars. And he goes, oh. And he goes, okay. And he 
and he reaches in his back pocket and he pulls out a and he and he pulls out a card. He goes, I work with Ambassador and for uh Parliament in Chad. And I'm like, Okay. And he hands me his card and he goes, My name Hamla. Hamla, okay. And he says, Uh you this my email, you write me and we practice English. Oh. And I'm like, okay. I'm sure. like all right, sure. So I took it and I was just and and I'm I'm leaving out details from it that just say that this is one it, it it truly truly felt like he was huge, not a bad smell. I'm not saying anything bad about this guy. It's just something I've never smelled in my life. Okay. It wasn't, and he's wearing a shirt that I've never seen a shirt like that. It truly truly felt like I was meeting someone from another planet. That just that it, that's what it felt like. Huh. Uh, now he was and and I've met people from all over the world, but he just it just felt like meeting from somewhere else. But he says, I've practiced with you. You take my email and you email me. And I'm like, I- I'm just a mechanic, man. I just, I'm, just a, I'm just a guy that works on right. trucks. He goes, no, we meet, you friend, and, and hands it to me. And he, well, Hey, never hurts to have a friend in Chad. Steps out of the elevator and goes, see you? Like that and waves his giant hand at me. And I'm like, wow. So, of course, I'm thinking about it. It's like, it's, you know, we went there for a lot of different reasons and to see things. But it's a memory that has like stuck in my head. Why did I meet this guy? It was so unusual. It was like meeting someone from another planet, and it was so strange. Hmm. And I just, I've shared that story with a couple of people. And when I got home, I Googled his name. Sure enough, parliamentarian, parliamentary representative from a section of Chad. And there was a Facebook video of him talking. So I could tell when I got back in the room and told Jennifer, I was like, I could show him to. I'll show it to you. Maybe I'll leave a link on the show or something like that. It was just a very, very unusual it's interesting. encounter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, being in Florida and especially where we are in Florida, not like a place like Tallahassee where, you know, our, our um, state houses and all that stuff. Um, you know, you forget when you in a place like New York where it's, you know, one of the most... Um, one of the most mixed areas of all these different people from different backgrounds it's and, you truly know, from the UN and stuff. It's yes. yeah. It's just, you meet people that you would have no chance of meeting or have, very, very slim chances of meeting. Have you ever met anybody from Chad? Fuck no. No, I haven't either. I said to him, I said, I remember saying, Oh, I've never met anyone from Chad. It's so nice to meet you. And he was like, you know, you yeah. work, you win. <laughs> I was like, no, I certainly I, do not. I do not. I'm a tourist in New York. We had a blast, Mark. It was a lot of fun. I can't Good. wait to go back. I, I really, really can't wait to go back. I got a hundred more stories, but we're not here to talk about that, Mark. Well, I'll tell you one little story uh, for while you were while you were away. I um, If anybody would be interested, I made a, uh, just kind of for shits and giggles, I made a playlist. I made a lyrics to go playlist okay. of all the songs that we've done. So I, I, you know, I had one night I couldn't get to sleep right away. So why not? 130 yeah. songs, pop, 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 just went through and added them all. And for some reason, after I made this playlist, my Spotify started thinking that these are the songs I want to listen to all <laughs> the time. I see where you're going. <laughs> and so for a couple days, I kept trying to play the album Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan. And I would put on Ricky Don't Lose That Number, and it would end, and then fucking uh, Come With Me would come on. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. And I'd put on Night by Night, the next song on Pretzel Logic, and then Lullaby would come on. Oh, God. And so eventually I found a place where you could go in and turn off. Uh, you know, it's, it said, do not let this playlist affect my algorithm. <laughs> and still... Still, Seth, I could not play through the album. You were infected. I was infected. Oh, God. It was a disease. That's terrible, man. And There's no um, ointment or cream or antibiotic <laughs> that you can take? Well, I finally Googled it because okay. I was like, just, please, I just want to listen to Steely's Van like to Wasp, album. The torture never stops. Seriously. And uh, it said log out and log back in, and that worked. Thank Christ. Oh, good. But I just I'm glad because I mind. would hate any major dude... To be ruined by immediately followed by a crazy game of poker. Well, that would fucking. Suck. It's funny because literally the the change from any major dude to Barrytown. I love I love the way those songs transition to each other, and I wanted to hear it so bad. But no, you're gonna listen to fucking Jane. It's like oh great, all right. 
Uh, but we're not here to talk about your trip, though. I'm so, so glad you had a great time. I did get to hear you live. How, did, how was the it? The Shytunas did sound absolutely outstanding. They were so much fun. It was clear that Roger really loved having you guys there. It sounded great um, and very, very, very happy for you. Uh, we're also not here to talk about the uh, new lyrics to go playlist on Spotify. Or algorithms. <laughs> we're here to talk about a band that we've already talked about once before. Um, two verses we got. Um, and we're going from a did you know what the song was about <clears throat> to a you know what the song is about. <laughs> there is no mystery here. There is just some good old fashioned grotesque uh, double entendre with Kiss's hit song Love Gun. Do you even want to call it a double entendre? It's just, I mean, it's the weakest double entendre you've ever heard. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. really there's it leaves there's no mystery in this. It's a, that's a, that that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, and maybe it is. Yeah, I guess it is just a single entendre. Um, this song was released in 1977. Uh, it, uh, in 1977, from the album Love, Love Gun. Gun, because when you're when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> just, why even fuck around with it? Quite literally on fire. Paul Stanley wrote this song in an airplane. <laughs> um, in a he, big, long, dick-shaped <laughs> airplane. Yes. Uh, and Paul Stanley has his his love gun is fully erect for this song. He uh, considered this quintessential kiss and one of the five essential songs by them. He played bass on the uh, album version as well as rhythm guitar. Wow. I don't know what happened with Gene Simmons. I don't know if he was just... Uh, not feeling well. If, I mean, he had love gun week. issues. <laughs> um, he had to clean his. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Give it a good once over. Throw it in pots and put it running on pots and pans. Clean it up a little bit. Get and, out the uh, pipe cleaner. And, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, he, he <laughs> loves this song. He's very, very proud of himself that he wrote this song. Um, I would say that if you ever talk to a Kiss fan, this is in the top five. This is they would it, it would it would consistently be in in a lot of Kiss fans top five. It is. Yeah. It's one of the most listened to. I think one of their worst. I, I hated Kiss growing up. Uh, didn't like I didn't like them at all from the get go. Thought that they were silly. Um, of course, part of that was because of my upbringing. But uh, as I got older, there are other Kiss songs that I actually think are pretty good. There's quite a few that I like going blind. I think we talked about on our christine 16 episode yeah which they i think their version of it is okay but i think that uh the melvin's the melvin's version better. kills yeah even theirs isn't bad though um i i neglected to tell you about something and it was something god I was gonna... gave rock and roll to you when i was a kid i loved that song not written by them i know i was yeah, shocked it's written by uh, uh <clears throat> we mentioned it in an earlier episode but i remember so I much trivia on this. i'll look it up yeah um but uh i i neglected to mention in the christine my my history christine 16 episode my history with this band um, I was I became aware of them, you know, f a very very early age, probably 1980 uh, Immediate was probably scared by them as a little kid. Argent, Argent, that's correct. How weird, Argent. Yeah, um, the guy from uh, Mummies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and from the band Argent. Yeah, and from Argent. Um, Rod Argent. Rod Argent. Um, I was aware of them. Rod. Thank you so much, Mark. Love Gun. <laughs> Rod we, uh, Love Gun Argent. <laughs> As a kid growing up in church, <laughs> oh, yeah. Love Gun, our Rod, mm -hmm. uh, as a kid growing up in church, uh, I do remember in 83 or 84, a uh, local church here had a record-burning event. As shocking as that might seem now, yes, it did take place. And the preacher that came and spoke to us was kind of famous because he had gone on a small portion of Kiss's 1982 tour and interviewed them and then recorded the interview and recorded portions of the show. And he gave like a running commentary throughout the show. It was mostly him screaming into a microphone because it was so loud. His descriptions were just every channel is I'm here at the at the PA board and every channel's turned all the way up. Every everything says redlined and, and uh I do remember one of the songs that they sang uh, that I could hear in the background was Love Gun. Um but that's really, I think, maybe the first time that I ever heard Kiss was on that cassette recording of a preacher that interviewed them and then went to the show mm -hmm. and gave his commentary of the show and said that they weren't very unusual guys with their makeup off. 
But uh, when they went in there, they actually kind of, in, in the recording, kind of insulted him a little bit on stage, saying, we don't care what those effing preachers think about us. And yeah. everybody cheered, of course. Of course. But, um, yeah, I, I think my whole reason for bringing that up is just to give you an exposition of how I became aware of the music of them. And also, to make people hyper-aware that book and record burnings are not a thing singular to or bannings are to uh, either the Nazis or today. Uh, it's something that's gone on for quite a while. And uh, it's always something that I've always been, a, you know, I mean, I was just a child, but uh, still a little bit shocked by. You know? I can't remember. I mean, my parents were both classic rock fans. Unlike you, yeah. uh, my parents were nuts about music from the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, so tons of it was, were, you know, w- Tons of it were around, was around. My grandma, good um, yeah. Um, so you know, I uh, I just had tons and tons of this stuff coming at me, like so many love guns, um, and and their and their bullets. I guess they're liquid bullets. Um, so I can't remember exactly, yeah, where I uh, where I first heard Kiss. Jesus Christ! Every time I talk about Kiss, my <laughs> stomach gets weird. Um, but suffice it to say. This was not one of the songs I knew very, very well from them when I got older. And, you know, it's funny to talk about songs about your dick. That's when I kind of heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cashbox says this song, quote, has cute lyrics and the army of Kiss admirers should jack it up to respectable chart status. Um, it is referred to as hard edged rock and roll. And Billboard described it as having a high energy level with quote and get this power guitar riffs. <laughs> That's the blandest thing I've ever heard. Which of course kiss has never done before. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Um, we did watch a little bit of a live video of them playing this in 2006 flanked with who we do believe to be Peter, Chris and Ace Freely. Oh, it's, it's the real drummer and real guitarist. I'm 90% guitarist. sure that it's both of them. Um, and uh, they sounded good. Yeah. They sounded good. Way too much tongue waggling. There were just waggling. absolute smoke show women in the crowd, like licking their fucking fingers and like. No, Mark. Yeah. Mark. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this thing called the duck billed platypus? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now. If you've saw, seen them in the water, they wiggle and they w- wriggle around and they look cute, just like Kiss wiggles its butt, or the uh, members wiggle their butts on stage and, and, and uh, try to attract the women. If you've ever seen a duckbill platypus, you would know that they have something kind of funny on their faces, right? A bill. Yeah, they have a bill, but it's on their faces and it's, and it's something that makes you look at them and go, hey, they're a little unusual, much like kabuki makeup. However... If you were to pick up a male duckbill platypus, you would have, and and I can see why a woman would be tempted to do that, but you have to worry because amongst all that fluff and cuteness mm. and things on their face, little and do you know that they come armed with a little hook in in their in their leg that is filled with venom. Yeah, it's it's a venomous animal. Little and little secretion. What I'm trying to say here is that much like the duckbilled platypus, Kiss will draw you in with wiggling and something unusual on their face. But Mark, there's venom deep down in those guitars. There is. There very much is. There is. Yes. Um, I don't think we have a whole lot those, more. And in those to lyrics talk about. <laughs> yeah. And in those in, lyrics and and in these lyrics, two verses, ladies and gentlemen. Um. You know, this is uh, this is going to be nice and quick, and we're going to do a whole lot of laughing. This is not hook. This is not. Oh. We're we're not talking when we're talking about that little hook. Uh, we are not referring to Blues Traveler uh, and their hook. We are talking about a uh, a sex hook. So the, these guys, yeah. are just so great. They're so so good. With opening lines, <laughs> like you went from so great to so, so good, you down you downshift. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to, to downshift. Two. No, it's fine. These guys are great at opening lines. I think I've always said, kind of tongue in cheek, that one of my if if anybody asks me what's my favorite opening line to any song, I didn't realize it until many years later. But is is lick it up? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't well wa- documented. Don't want to wait. 
till you know me better. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's one of the funniest opening lines. I know it's one of it's one of your top oh, top that, three. That might that be might yeah, be number it might one. be number one. Yeah, I just think that's funny as shit. Yeah. Um. But it, this isn't this isn't terribly far off. I mean, this isn't far off from what he wrote with. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would lick it up. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. So we get our little Um and it goes into the court. And I mean, it's you know, it's typical Kiss rock band. It sounds good. And even in the lart in the live version, I don't know if the plate bass was just kind of playing high up on the neck. It booms. Yeah. It sounds good. I really love you, baby. <laughs> I love what you got. Let's get together. We can get hot. No more tomorrow, baby. Time is today. Girl, I can make you feel okay. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we have to fucking stop there. I, <laughs> I just, let's just talk about okay. Because are we going to go backwards here? <laughs> I don't know okay, what we're going to do. I'm not. Is quite this police sure. parole? I mean, <laughs> we can we can just talk about it from the beginning, I guess. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is so bad. I just have to say that there's a little bit the of the fact that he's like, I wrote this on a plane, the whole thing, and he's like, and I landed and I had to play it just to make sure everything worked out. It's like the most fucking A B A B song like ever written, and he's like, I had to. I had to double check. I had to, I had to go to the lab and make sure it worked. Yeah, it's a song about your dick. <laughs> it's like, what do you, you know, there's really not a whole lot to it. Hey, guys, look here. I wrote a song just right. <laughs> it. Uh, I, I think this is kind of daring to open it up with, I love you, baby. I mean, most of the time they're trying to hide things and veil things, like you said, with double entendre and wit and things like that. But right out of the gate, it's, I love you, baby. He's professing his love. This is a guy that has collected more bodies than the plague. Mm-hmm. And and he is declaring, who is this special woman that he's singing to, Mark, that, that actually has his love? Uh, I I wish I knew. I wish I knew too. I wish I knew. Or has he been in love with a lot of women for a very short period of time? Well, I think that's definitely happened. That's probably. The I case. don't know if any of them are married. I'm uh, sure. They, oh yeah. Well, he was. Um, uh, he was. Uh, Gene Simmons was married for a very long time. To the, he, I think he still is to the same woman. Hmm, yeah, she's him. a f- former playmate. Had two kids with her. Uh, there's something about him saying, "I really love you," <laughs> like. It, it's like it. It sounds like there's a butt coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I really love you, baby. Yeah. But what? But tonight, <laughs> um, I love what you got. So you know, I don't. I don't think we. I, I don't think that uh, there's any curiosity here about what she's got that he loves. No. Um, he's not talking about beanie babies or, uh, you know, or good home cooking. <laughs> right. Or yeah. it might be that. I mean, I don't know. It could be she could be cooking up something between. Those things. Let's get together. We can. And I love that there's a big brilliant. Let's get together. We can get hot. <laughs> okay. Um, there are there are there are like stumbly verses or or, or, or pauses. Oh yeah. You know, like awkward pauses throughout uh-huh. the song. Maybe that's part of the draw for the ladies. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. The, the second half of the verse though is where the real fucking gold is. No more tomorrow, baby. Time is today. So what do you think of when you hear this line? This is, I feel, famous kiss urgency. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't want to wait till I know you better. Time is running out. There's no more tomorrow. We need to make it happen now. That's what I hear. Yeah. Um, I, I, part of me wonders if... Um, part of me wonders if like she keeps saying, like... Well, tomorrow, next time. And he's like, no, no more tomorrow. Not on the first date. Paul. A little bit of pressure, yeah. a little pressure from from uh, Paul. A little bit like, no, no. And, and the fact that he said time is today has a very uh, Neanderthal. It, it kind of does. <laughs> no more tomorrow. Time is today. As if to say. I want now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the time is now. Um and then, of course, the, the best line of this song. Girl, I can make you feel 
okay. Talk about a lackluster, like, you're just going to make her feel okay? A, we're watching in this video that we saw beautiful women flicking their tongues, rubbing, you know, uh, putting their hands on themselves, looking like they are just in, in absolute ecstasy mm-hmm. at these, let's face it, at the absolute. time. Absolute. Absolute. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Getting back there. Uh, at, at, even in 2006, getting on, getting up there a little long in the tooth kiss. The read is that these women could come just by them looking at them a certain way. Even just by, you know, old genie wagging that fucking disgusting tongue around. It kind of makes you think how unusual it is that they have to give you this no more tomorrow, time is today, these, you know, these lyrics of urgency when at this point, I mean, I'm sure even when this was written in like 81 or 82 or something, no, it was earlier than that, I'm sorry. But even then, they don't have to, they don't have to worry about, am I going to get it on the first date? These women look like they'll blow them behind the drum set. Oh, they, I mean, I mean there's there's no doubt you could pick four women or men out of that crowd probably, probably. and tell them to have sex with them on stage while they're playing and they would. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of unusual that they that they do this. As a matter of fact, I, I find it completely shocking that they're not out there writing songs about how fucking tired they are. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're uh, well, they're, they do a lot of standing, to be fair. Yeah. They're not really running around. You know what I mean? Um, they're like even Bruce Springsteen, like he you you see oh, him geez. give it. These guys are just kind of just standing there. I mean, they sound good. They wiggle. A but lot. they're not. Yeah. They, they wiggle and they, they stomp do. their big platform boots. Then we get the pre-chorus. No place for hiding, baby. No place to run. You pull the trigger of my love gun. Love gun. Love gun. Guess what? Love gun. That's the whole chorus. The chorus is just the words love gun. Paul Stanley, poet extraordinaire. I, it, it, this is, it's sad to say, it's sad to say that we could just laugh at this whole thing. However, the whole predatory thing has to come up. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being the one to bring it up because we're, it's kind of alluded to with the no, no more tomorrow. Yeah. Time is today where, like I said, we're getting a little bit of a sense of like pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the pre-course hits and it says... You can't hide and you can't run. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Did you see the genius reference for this? I did not. Well, I mean, in true genius fashion, it really does not address any of that and just talks about how uh, the song is featured in a scene from Role Models where Sean William Scott's character tells to the youngster, meaning that little kid, which is kind of awkward. He's tutoring how this song is about Paul Stanley's dick and how this girl is going to get some of his dick. I mean, yes. that's, if ever there was a redundant statement, that's it. Um, uh, the, quick, the the full quote is, Paul Stanley wrote it about his dick. Seriously, this song is called Love Gun, and it's about Paul Stanley's dick and how this girl's going to get some of his dick. Which is, I mean, if you want to wrap the song up real quick and yeah. what it's about, that's it. But, but it's about so much more. Yeah, we got to go over the fact that his dick is a weapon, and he's going, f- and, and there's nowhere that she can hide from his weapon. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's take off the weapon part. There's no where. There's no place for her to hide from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, forget his weapon. I mean, you know, he uh, they they come, you know, they come together. Pardon the pun. Um, but you know, he's basically saying like, you pull the trigger of my love gun. He's demanding. <clears throat> yeah. There's a, that's that sounds like a demand. It yeah. does. Yeah. This is what you're going to do. This is you're doing it, and you can't get away from me. There's no place to run. There's no place to hide. You're going to jerk me off. Like Ice-T and the game. And what was that movie? That Ice-T movie where he's like running in the woods. Oh, um, Survival. Surviving, Surviving the, game. the Game. Yeah. 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 Um, a uh, movie right. adaptation of the hit, mo- or the hit book, uh, The Most... Love Gun? The Most Love Gun. The Most Love Gun. <laughs> now, it's a story that we read in middle school or high school that I remember... Uh, the most dangerous game. Oh, dangerous game. Most dangerous game. I don't know. I'll okay, look it up. 
Um, so yeah, we get some love gun, love gun. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we get some of them cock rock screams. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's very kiss. It it is. Especially 70, especially 77 kiss. I mean, you have to, uh, you do have to put it out there in that. I mean, when you hear a song and when you hear, these screams, even if they all might sound the same, you know it's Kiss from from in in seconds, in milliseconds. You know, oh, that's Kiss, even if you don't know the song mm-hmm. from uh, the Whale of Paul Stanley. Yeah. By the way, it is uh, the most dangerous game. It's a short story, also published as The Hounds of Zaroff mm. uh, by a guy named Richard Connell. Mm. Um, so there you go. I remember in which. In which Paul these, Stanley plays the antagonist. In which someone pays uh, to have Kiss abducted <laughs> and brought to his uh, his big human farm and hunts them for sport. Mm, with his love gun. So, All right, verse two. So then we get into the second verse. Uh, more threats. You can't forget me, baby. Don't try to lie. You'll never leave me, mama. So don't try. I'll be a gambler, baby. Lay down the bet. We get together, mama. You'll sweat. Now, Mark. Yes, Seth. The first thing that we as actual human beings that sympathize. Humans being. Humans beings. (laughs) The first thing that we would think of is what would the lady have to say about this situation? But not once does her voice or get come up in any way, shape, or form what she actually wants. Everything is issued to her, feeling, action, by Paul Stanley, pretty much right from, well, I mean, from the beginning of the song. But how is she supposed to, I mean, how can you... How can you order someone not to forget you? How is that possible? <clears throat> um, I mean, there are things that you could do to someone to make them not forget you. Um, well, and a lot of, they're, 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 and no matter what, if they're, if they're things that you are putting on, well, they're ten, they tend to be the, to the extreme, good or bad. I mean, I don't think he's ordering for her to forget him. I think he's, yeah, we're getting some, we're getting some, uh, I don't know if it's, if the technical term would be gaslighting. But let's um let's inverse this. We've done this a time or two on this podcast. Let's inverse this and ask ask ourselves. He's saying you can't forget me, so don't try to lie. Which means she has said to him, "I've forgotten about you." You think that there's been a voice that a woman well, listen, has expressed? I listen herself. to what he's saying. Okay, you can't forget about me. Don't try to lie. So he's either saying she has or he has reason to believe that she is telling him or going to tell him that I don't remember you anymore. I've forgotten about you. And why would someone do that? <laughs> There's not a whole lot of good reasons that someone um, gets the gets the feeling that you're going to pretend like you don't know me anymore. Right. And so on one hand, we've got whatever has gone on to make him believe that she is going to or has said i don't remember you anymore okay and then we have him saying bullshit whether you're saying it to me now or you're going to say it to me that's impossible i'm i'm unforgettable which is i mean super narcissistic super troublesome whenever there's someone out there that thinks that they have enough going for them that a person that they're they're essentially going to make a person never f- going to forget them it's not like they're coming in and saving them or swooping in and and like paying all their bills and usually even if the person likes them for a little while something goes wrong yeah something goes wrong and then now you're never going to you're never going to forget me because well i came in and at first you thought i was great but now i'm just an, another in a long line of assholes you yeah. know, that's that's usually I mean, if he's if he's really going to make himself unforgettable, he's got to be doing something other than making her pull the trigger on the on his love gun. Yeah, I mean, and, and the second part of this is the second part of this first half of the verse is truly frightening. You'll never leave me, mama. So don't try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where it gets. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, where we're going redlining here. 
Um, I, you know, I mean, what, what can, you know, I don't even know if anything needs to be said about this. I mean, it is meant, it is emotional and mental manipulation (laughs) of the highest regard. I I, mean, it's holy shit. (laughs) When we get to the second half of the second verse, I'll be a gambler. I see him gambling on nothing. I don't. Well, there's nothing out there that he's putting on the edge that he could lose. What, I also, what he, what I he also don't understand what this. I, I'll be the gambler. You lay down the bet. What? That's not really how. Like, I mean, I guess like if you're at a craps table and you tell someone like, yes, that's you. You put down however much is going to go on there. But I don't see how that coincides with this. Maybe he got the idea of. I don't know if you've ever seen like Casino is a good example of when Sharon Stone is at the craps table and she's they a lot of time you get a pretty lady to throw the the, the dice at the craps table. Well, he's that's, not saying throw the dice. He's was, saying make the bet. You're right, but right. maybe that's what he was thinking because you're right. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I I do have to go back to what I think it's just like gambling is cool is the viewpoint. Probably, here. probably. Like wow, it's cool to say I'm a gambler because it doesn't make sense. What is he putting down that he has to lose? Yeah. Nothing. Well, yeah, and I mean, Nothing. yeah, I mean, she's clearly the one that like there's some uh oh going on. She's the one that could catch something. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe everyone can catch something here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't really get it. And then of course we'll get together, Mama. You'll sweat. Just means he's gonna fuck like her until CNC she Music Factory up in here. <laughs> She's gonna sweat. No place for hiding, baby. No place to run. You pull the trigger of my gut love gun. And then I'll be honest with you. They say "love gun" um, a lot, a whole bunch more. They just say "love gun" over and over and over again. It never really ends. Um, even after it fades out, I feel like I still hear it ringing in my ears, <laughs> um, like tinnitus or something. Um, it never really ends. It never really ends. Torture never as stops. much as we wish. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it does. Uh, Paul Stanley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, on bass, on guitar, and so, so pumped about his own writing, and so, so pumped that he wrote this in an airplane. Um, and uh, he he has a ready answer in interviews when asked uh, what this song is about. A love gun is the gun you're born with that never comes off. Apparently, that's his go-to. Great. <laughs> Super. His went off more than a few times. Probably yeah. still is now these days. Um. How would you rate this as a creep factor? Christ. All right, here we go. I mean, we're... Uh, you know, the ones that we rate high um, have an undercurrent of... of uh, there's like a sinister undercurrent to them where, you know, I I, I think that the songwriter is, is uh, smarter. Like this person's expressing something that I think is devious and smart and uh and 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 at the same time very very dangerous so things like every breath you take uh obviously rank higher whereas i don't think that this is necessarily the most intelligent of songs mm-hmm. so it's got to go down a little bit but not a lot while not quite as sinister a couple of red flags go up that we just can't ignore as in the past for sure namely the fact that woman gets no voice uh, never opinion is asked other than it's, it's she's just commanded. And also um, the whole you're going to be hiding the, the predatory aspect, which is going to keep it high, which is why I am giving it. Uh, I'm going to say an 8.5. Not unfounded. Yeah. Um, I might even have to go higher, Seth. Wow. Might even have to go higher. I mean, <clears throat> what starts off seemingly as a. Uh, um, you know, a quid pro quo, uh, relationship of I'll get mine and you'll get yours. Um, you know, quickly starts to sound more and more mischievous and then outright dangerous and threatening. No more tomorrow, baby. Time is today. Not to mention the fact that he, with all of this stuff, I'm going to, you can't run, you can't hide what she gets in return is to feel okay. <laughs> Not like 
amazing, yeah. not like fucking otherworldly. Not relieved. I mean, not like you're going to come harder than you ever have in your life. Your pussy's going to sound like fucking stirring a big old pot of mac and cheese. Not like, uh, you know, you're going to be dripping down my fucking face. Just you're going to feel okay. Oh, right. It's like my gun's going to go off. I, Did you get yours? <laughs> I was going to say now my gun's going to be shooting like crazy. Um, you, on the other hand, you'll feel, um, you'll feel all right. You'll feel like 15 minutes into a deep tissue massage, but then abruptly have to get up off the table and, and run out because there's a fire alarm. When set. the parlor gets raided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when some other guy's love gun is going off like crazy in the next room over. Uh, don't try to forget me. You can't forget me. You'll never leave, so don't try. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight. Yeah, okay. You know, when he opens... I with- mean, I, I might even... I. I'm going to give it a flat nine. Oh, wow. I mean, dude, come on. When he opens with the, I love you, baby, that's... It's like that's manipulative right well, there. And I it's, think. and it's, and you know, it's, and that's so, the exposition. Yeah. There's, um, there's a famous, have you ever seen adaptation? Oh God. Yes. So there's a new podcast, hashtag and ad. Uh, there's a podcast called subtitles on. I was telling our friend Eric brand about it. Okay. That's a podcast done by Sean Clemens from Hollywood handbook. And it's a podcast about movies that are about writing. You about told me writing. about it. I did tell you about it's, this. It's Patreon only, isn't I, it? I think maybe, but I'm unsure. Anyways, yeah. it's worth it. And they talk about adaptation. And there's this big scene where he is talking to his twin brother. And he's talking about how oblivious his brother is and how he feels so bad for him because mm-hmm. all these kids were making fun of him. And, you know, he's like, I felt so bad for you because all these kids were making fun of you behind your back. And he said... You know, and you look so happy. And he said, I was happy. He goes, well, all these kids are making fun of you and you you didn't see anything. He goes, I heard him. And he's like, well, why were you still smiling? He goes, because I loved someone. And that is something that no one could take away from me and says, you are what you love, not what loves you back. I decided that a long time ago. This is this is Paul Stanley saying, I really love you. But we have no we have we have we have no way of knowing how she feels about him and we don't even know if it's really love you know what i mean I, I'm, like, I venture to say it's not it's not yeah it's it is i'm telling you what i need to tell you to get fucked and if i got to tell you i love you that's just it's what uh, ash uh in evil dead refers to as uh, pillow talk baby yeah love so, is where you you care about the feelings of another person and mm. when they're sad, you're sad. Whatever their their feelings are, they affect you. Mm. None of that goes on. And and again, we don't know how she feels about him. Exactly. Is that reciprocated? No. Because all we we have an unreliable narrator. We've got a horn dog who's talking about his dick being a gun and jerking off all over the place. Okay, he says he loves her. How does she feel about him? I'll tell you how she feels. She's apparently telling him, I'm going to forget you or I forgot you. She wants to run, but there's nowhere to mm, run and he yes. shouldn't even, she shouldn't even try. That's dangerous fucking speak. And women are out there fucking happy as a fucking pig and slop, fucking licking their fingers, singing along to this song. And it's like, you know, and I guess to them, it's okay because they're in their mind. They would never run. There are four guys up there in makeup with platform shoes on putting on this massive show that are wiggling their asses, I doubt any of them are thinking about the exchange of ideas and feelings. Well, I'll tell you, we picked this song. I picked the song um, and surprised you with it. Yeah. Uh, at a pretty strange time. So if you're familiar with the band Anti-Flag, they recently just broke up because a woman came forth and without naming the singer of Anti-Flag, said the singer of Anti-Flag. Um, she was a huge fan of his, did the whole playing music, locked eyes. He kept talking to her, got a ride from her to go to a party, kept kind of trying to hit on her. She wasn't down with it. And then he ended up getting a ride from her to his hotel room. She went upstairs with him and decided she didn't want to do anything. He tackled her on the bed, said football tackle, and then proceeded to choke her to the point where she thought she was going to die. 
And this all goes to show that just because someone's on stage and you lock eyes and you have like that thing and someone's a rock star and just because there are maybe a large amount of men and women who would still like to go through with that fantasy of, you know, um, meeting them and then seeing them backstage and having sex with them for some people. They either change their mind or they only want things to go so far. And you're just kind of living in this fantasy of, you know, these books that are written by, um, you know, people that used to do this, um, you know, uh, with a large amount of uh, rock stars. And I have no doubt in my mind there are people that want that are star fuckers that want to go around and have sex with Pamela DeBars. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know. I've, I've, I've said before, and there are a lot of dangerous people in the world and 99% of them are men. And a lot of those dangerous men, I, I, I would probably say over 50% are ones who are not used to being told. No, they're the ones that are used to being able to get whatever they want. And when they are told, no, they don't take it as a, a boundary or a rule. They take it as a fun obstacle, a get around. So the question someone is, playing it, someone playing coy, someone, someone playing, you know, hard to get. And then you've got boundaries that quickly get crossed and bands that implode and break up and people that lose their jobs. And uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. Why is this only something that we're seeing now? If this is the case, you'd have to imagine that 90% of the bands and we know specific instances of say Jimmy Page, Steven Tyler, mm-hmm. Ted Nugent, Anthony Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis. You know why? Why is it only happening? Now? Why? Why now? What? What happened? Well, I think that it's easier to get your voice out now, for sure. Um, and I think that the um, I think that the level of rock star has been knocked down a few pegs, and I think that we also have some new ideas on what um what harassment and what sexual deviancy and a lot of these things look like and what they mean i i don't think there's any one thing seth i think it's a number of things Hmm. um with people becoming more and more brazen with coming out um with like i said people just being able to voice their you know their opinion um more and, you know, there will always be shitty people that will lie and, conf- and you know, conflate the truth and, and do bad things. But there is a much, much larger amount of, of people, usually women, who are mistreated because someone thinks that they can do whatever they want, largely men. And that's just kind of an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. Not kind. That's like the understatement of the year. It's a, a hugely unfortunate thing. So, um, very, very weird song and very weird song for people. And those it's people a, that are singing along aren't, you know, they're like, I would, I would suck your dick. No problem. No, no questions asked. Um, and so they're not, I don't think they're really paying are attention. These mesmerized people being taken advantage of. No, I mean, you know, look, I, you can, you can, you can put 10 people that say they're the biggest kiss fans on the face of the planet. Right. And each one of them would do a different thing for a different member of kiss. You know, you can't it, you can't paint everyone with one brush. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know what I would be willing to do to meet Stephen Malcolmus of Pavement might be different what you, than what you'd be willing to do. Might you know next to someone else, next to someone else, and so there are people that love Kiss Just but to are let like, you know, I met Stephen Malcolmus, didn't have to do anything to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to tell you. Yes. Um, but you know, I mean, it's just there's there's just Many, many different people who are into many different things. And again, I mean, a lot of people don't look. This is why I think the greater answer to your question is this is why we do this podcast. I don't think a lot of people listen and think that hard about this stuff. And that's what we do. And that's why we're here. And that's why people listen, because people have listened to these songs and listened to these words and sang along with them and never really like took a deep dive into what's going on and what's being said and what the implications of those words are, you know, nowhere to hide, nowhere to run like Jesus Christ. Like what, (laughs) what is this? And you know, you can sit there and be like, Oh, well I've heard people say nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. But like, what does that really mean in the context of a guy going to a woman and saying like, 
I'm going to do this and you can't get away from it. That the implication is a frightening one. It's a scary one. Oftentimes people blow it off as storytelling, as uh, art. Um, I do get where you're coming from. I definitely do. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's worth a second look. I'm not saying that Paul Stanley assaulted anybody. Um, it's just that we do know that he's taken the time to write these things out. Are, are they floating around in his head, Mark? Is what floating around in his this head? This danger, this danger I that you speak I don't of. know. I, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, no one would be able to answer that except for him. I don't know if he is, you know, I think it's possible to be writing the song and to not realize really what you're saying. I'm not saying that he's done anything dastardly himself, you know, and I mean, I don't, I do think that he is writing this from his perspective to an extent. Um, I don't think he, you know, if we're going to get into the Hoffman clause, I don't think that, yeah. um, I don't think he's singing a hundred percent about a character. I'm also not saying that he's necessarily speaking from firsthand experience, but I mean, again, I think it's just one of those things where you like write something and then, you know, afterward you read it and you go, mm. but the fact that he's still like, this is one of my top five, uh, is a little bit weird. I'd be, I'd be interested to hear him listen to in this, this day and age and, and counter it. And you know what he would, pr- if I had, if I had to put money down, if I was a gambling man, I was asking my woman to lay down her <laughs> bet. I would say, um, he would probably say, you're just looking too into it. And I think, I you think know, that's probably and look, kisses, mindless music. Yeah. Kisses, fucking party music. You Strata! put this, you put this song on because you've had a couple too many shots of Jack Daniels. You're suffering from whiskey dick, but you're trying to fuck somebody that you saw that you met at a party and you think they're like the hottest fucking woman on the face of the planet. You throw on fucking love gun to fuck to it. You don't throw it on because you, uh, you know, you're thinking about, uh, feminism and, right. uh, you know, in the, in the 20th century, did you ever hear the words to do you love me by, by, by kiss? I don't know. You like the way that you like my, my wheels, how they're shining. You like the way that they roll. You like my seven inch leather heels, but baby, what I really want to know is, do you love me? I mean, it's it's non it's nonsensical. That's, that's interesting. It's uh yeah, it's it's a funny ass song. It's yeah. right up there with "Lick It Up" and all that other stuff. I mean, it's it's, it's a kiss song. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Next up, um, you mentioned this one, and I've hated this song for a long time. Okay. So I'm very very pumped to do it. What is it? We're gonna do "She's a Beauty" by the Tubes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is a very weird song. This is a very weird song. It's quintessential 80s. It it's is. Like 80s, this is quintessential 80s rock. This is as early 80s. You know, it's, I heard somebody talking about the 80s the other day about how they could be lined up into three different decades. You could have, you know, 80 to 82 or 79 to 82, which is essentially just an extension of disco. And then uh, 84 and uh, 83, 84, 85 which is a completely different time from those first three years, and then from 86 all the way to the 90s, which is just a precursor. You could split those up uh, in almost into... Th- they were very... E- each couple of years was very definitive. It's not like, you know, you can say everything in the 2010s was just like everything else. The 80s, in a short period of time, you got three definitive sections of time that gave you three definitive sections of music, art, and culture. And uh, yeah. this is that early part. Yeah. So uh, I know you've heard the song. It's it, it. I don't know what it brings to my mind and makes me feel like, but I know that it does something to me and it is weird. Um, so go listen to She's a Beauty by the Tubes. Um, and we will uh, we'll listen to that. Seth, it's great to have you back. I, I could feel the wind felt heavier while you were gone. <laughs> It felt like Captain Planet had gone on vacation. Um, so very, very glad to have you and your family back. I am. Ha- I'm very glad to be back. Congratulations again on a fantastic performance. Thank you. Listeners, thank you. We appreciate you. Please tell two friends. Uh, episode 134, or maybe something like well, it's that. Is this that, one? I think. Yeah, I think like uh, 138 or something. I don't think so. No? Uh, maybe. No, I'll look. Well, uh, who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> One one something. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but we will be back uh, next Monday with another episode of Lyrics to Go. Somewhere between my 
thoughts you wandered off. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week.